0: Port of Notions is brought to you by FaceFace Face Games, Canada's number one source for magic singles and products. Check us out at FaceFaceGames.com.
1: If what we, part to the two being a bro. Uh,
2: uh, do you always have a Smirnoff ice on you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you fist pump when you're done? Welcome to episode 71 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Will.
0: I managed to screw up another PTQ. How far?
3: Fired. And, of course, we have Travis.
1: At least you got to claim the PTQ.
0: Not
3: fired. Adina, not with us tonight, but we do have a refugee from an asylum. Also... He's a co-host on the Plainswalkers Asylum, and new host of the new cast on MPGCast, TwinCast. You know him, you probably don't love him if you have any taste, but it's Twitter's own Sam Davis Boy Hero.
2: Hey everybody, what's up?
1: That's
3: all you got,
2: really? Yeah, I, I don't I don't have excitement.
0: Our excitement probably. level, that's what's up. That's, After that's
1: the
0: fair. Table, I'm surprised he didn't just like hang up on the Skype call.
2: I, I was tempted, but I'm not
3: computer literate, so I was looking for the red button. <laughs> uh yeah alt F4 oh wait no that gives you ops <laughs> <laughs> IRC reference for the win so who the heck are you Sam and why do we care
2: Um, well like you said I'm on a podcast and just started another one Uh, I also occasionally play magic once upon a time I, I played burn in a legacy event and did okay and that's Pretty much my whole claim to fame.
3: The devil, you say.
2: Yeah. Now I play control. Do you have
3: <laughs> any pro points? No, I I don't. Welcome to the show. <laughs> no pro points are allowed on this show.
1: We've had Let's plenty get, of people with pro points guests. on this show. You mean how many times have we had Brad on and he was what, player of the year?
3: Except guests.
1: That's what
3: oh wait, that means.
1: Shut up, Chris. <laughs> Go drunk, Chris, you're home again. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Good one. So let's start off as we always do by talking about what we've been playing. Sam, have you played any magic this week?
2: Uh I did,
3: embarrassingly enough. Gerd, What did you play? What did you play? What did you play?
2: Uh I'm working on a brew of Esper Delver, and I have to tell you, it is awful. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was okay.
2: probably one of the worst
3: decks I've ever put together. In my life, it cannot
2: win at all.
3: Interesting. What? What? So I presume Dimetra. Uh, yeah. I'm right now. I think I'm at ten.
2: This is a
1: standard deck or modern?
2: It's standard. I I don't really like modern that much, honestly.
1: (laughs) Sam, off the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. So I take it you've tried it, modern? Yes.
0: Yes. Well, then you should play it again,
3: Sam. I, I probably, should, oh, but it only took five minutes to make that joke.
2: <laughs> I had to set that one up. Yeah, I just Inform- don't like traveling to PTQs. I think that's my problem.
3: That's a fair enough assessment, I suppose. Yeah. So this De- Esper Delva deck. So you got what? Demir Charm, Azorius Charm, Orzhov Charm. Uh, yeah, four Demir, four
2: Azorius, two Orzhov. Okay. Yeah, and the Orzhov charms have actually been fantastic. Mostly because you actually get to use all three modes on them. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, I, I did have a very enjoyable game against a blue, white, red, Geist, Burn deck where they, they cast Blasphemous Act with a Boros Reckoner on table to, like, just kill me. And I looked at Demir Charm and I was like, oh, this says counter a sorcery. I'm doing that. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's enjoyable. Mm. And then you killed them? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Pike is still really good as it turns out.
3: Imagine. Yeah. You
2: just put it on not Delver is what I figured out. Because people just kill your Delvers because the removal is fine in Standard right now and Delver doesn't say like, you know, Hector's game. Yeah.
3: So what what creatures were you playing?
2: Geist, I presume? Uh, no, surprisingly. I probably should. I've, I've got them, so it's not like a thing. But, uh, I... I'm playing like three Augur, three Snapcaster, two Dusk Mantle Seer? Yeah, that's what that card's called.
1: <laughs>
2: I've got them in Japanese, so I don't actually know like what the card says, but.
3: Squiggly Lines! Yeah.
2: But it's really, really good, because the rest of my deck only costs two mana. Two. Yeah. And. Yeah. With Azorius Charm, I've actually Azorius Charm things back to the top of people's deck to just kill them. That
3: is hilarious and wrong.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like, it's fun because you, you know, get to put that drag chest back on top and erase that five life they just gained and attack with a four-four in the air and they're dead.
3: That is, fun. yeah, that's a, that's an interaction I hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'll go to the foot of our stairs. Uh, I was wondering, because it's interesting, I've been playing, uh, I played Bant Delver at FNM this week. Ooh, how's that? Uh I still can't beat Red Green Aggro, but it beat everything else.
1: Yeah, Red Green aggro is a, a beating. It's Will crushed me with it on the stream last time, it's much faster than I thought it was.
3: Oh yeah, the, the deck's ridiculous. No, I uh, crushed
0: you with my humans. Same difference. That's though. also
3: a very fast deck. <laughs>
0: You
1: must have crushed
0: me I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. I only had like 13 power on turn two. Yeah, because that's fair.
3: <laughs> so yeah, the um, the deck was like a Selesnya Charm, uh, Call of the Conclave, Azorius Charm, Simic Charm, uh, Spell Rupture, Delva, Geist, uh, Unsummon. I think I had Hands of Binding in there too. That sounds fun it was it was fine it did what it was supposed to do it counted all the spells like spell rupture is such a beating to flip your delva with it feels <laughs> just like you're playing old standards i was tempted Mantle- to
2: play spell rupture but i couldn't
3: pull the trigger the card is really good and with dust Mandel Seer, it's even better of course uh one neat little trick is when you attack with geist and they try and uh, destroy your cha- your angel token your Spell rupture actually then c- casts uh, for four instead of for three, right? Because the Angel's in play.
2: Oh, that's intriguing. I hadn't thought of that.
3: So that was a nice little, uh, nice little bonus that I hadn't thought of. And as it turns out, Geist of St. Traft on turn three still just straight up beats some decks. I, yeah. I lost
2: to a Geist of St. Traft. It had a,
3: a Righteous Authority on it. That'll do oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, grow your own, losing own
0: monster. To,
3: losing to a foil, guys, in Traf just feels slightly better because it's foil. Oh, I think you should only lose the foils. Oh, so you're the foil pimp on the show? I can never tell if it's you or Dusang. You sound so much alike. Interestingly enough,
2: Dusang does not play with foils. Chris Allen and I do, though. Yeah,
1: I'm in the Dusang camp. I cannot stand playing with foils.
3: Uh, you ship me all of the yours then.
1: They give me pounding headaches. Uh
3: huh. No, I've got uh, two foil geists. I've almost got a full foil set of shocks,
2: Yeah, my Delver deck is, I would say, like 90% foil.
3: My eggs deck is 90% foil. That's disgusting. No one wants that. <laughs> I want that. Because
1: it's all bad it. enough. Get your enjoyment, crits. It's yeah. going to be banned soon.
3: So that's what we've been playing, uh, so the, the brew is not worth continuing to brew then? You're not gonna let it ferment a bit more?
2: No, I think I'm just gonna go back to playing what I've dubbed Boring Control, which is nine main deck counter spells, including a Counterlash and four Snapcaster Mage, and I, I'm really happy with my win condition of occasionally I put a Nickel Bolas off Counterlash.
3: <laughs> and of course you haven't a failure drown yet. A. One. I wouldn't want too many. Have you have you started playing Thespian Stage yet?
2: Uh, not yet. I can't find a foil Japanese one. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but cuz I'm playing Chromatic Lantern, so I, I want to be able to like Thespian Stage their like Wolf Wolffront and kill them with my Snapcaster mage.
1: <laughs> Trollololol. <laughs> so you don't want to just beat someone, you want to humiliate them.
2: Uh yes. Uh, one of my yeah. finest moments was I had Jace Memory adept and Nicol Bolas on the table. And I, I just finished ultimating both of them, so they lost with approximately zero cards in hand, zero cards on their deck, and zero permanence on the battlefield.
3: That seems fine. It's yeah. like total
1: annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: like what I that's like that picture I posted on Twitter last Friday when I had the Descent into Madness assemble the Legion combo. Yes, gun. I saw that. That was great. <laughs> Not for my opponent, it wasn't. <laughs> He's like, I think I'm gonna concede. I'm like, no, don't concede. You might still have a way out. I only have 12 soldiers on the board. You're still at 20 life.
0: Yeah, that, and if you don't concede, you can make it into Chris's articles.
3: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Chris, you're so articles? articles. Get off the show. <laughs>
2: that, that, that is count number five.
1: If you want to call them articles, he swaps together some words and someone posts it online.
3: Really? How are How are your articles doing, Travis? Oh, right. My bad. You know what's really. You know what? No, I, I do write articles because it actually requires some effort. I mean, some people just slap together uh, some random number of tweets, let's say 20, and call that an article. Yeah, that's true. Those, is that, is that like reference
0: that? to the 27-tweet article?
3: No, that's the better version on MTG Bro Deals. Oh, Jesus God. I couldn't even keep a skirmish when I said <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, that side is terrible.
0: Did they, well, do they give out good deals?
3: Uh, only if you're a bro. Oh.
0: In, In what constitute you... being a bro? Uh,
3: not, do you uh, always not...
2: have a Smirnoff ice on you?
3: <laughs> do you fist pump when you dance? <laughs> is your skin tone best described as brick orange?
2: How many polos do you own? Is it
3: more than 30? <laughs> have you ever called anybody a grenade?
1: People Besides Bruno
0: Mars. Grenades? Is
1: there a certain number of callers I have to have flipped up at any time? Three. <laughs> Three, <It's okay>. indeed. <laughs> do
3: you know <laughs> what GTL stands for? It concerns uh. me that
0: you know what GTL stands for. I don't know what G-TL, GTL stands completely. for. <laughs> I don't want to know what GTL stands for. Go
1: to lunch? That's well, close. Uh,
3: Geist, Thrag, Tusk, Life from Malone? Lingering Souls. Uh, oh, Lingering Souls. Okay, my bad. Yeah,
2: we gotta keep it standard.
3: Okay, cool. Uh, Will! Yes! I hear you scrubbed out of another PTQ. Good job! Uh,
0: yeah, it was the, uh, last, uh, last PTQ, well, last PTQs of the modern season. So, uh, I came up with the great idea of why not drive to Hartford and then drive up back to Burlington to play in two PTQs. So, we, we drove down to Hartford, uh, it was KYT, Andrew Bacqua, Justin Richardson, and myself, and got to Hartford, got into Hartford, had some awful Chinese food, went to sleep early, and, which, by the way, is, like, so weird going to sleep early. Normally before PTQs I go to sleep at 3 in the morning, but I was in bed, I think it was 11.30. So, and for sure enough, we sign up at the, uh, at the Hartford PTQ, and there's 188 people. Uh, I start off 1-0, Justin starts off 1-0, Andrew and KYT start off 0-1. Uh, then the next round, we all even up our records at 1-1, and then the third round, everyone wins, uh, I'm the only one that wins. So at this point, uh, I'm 2-1, the other three are 1-2, and, uh, there's UFC on that night, right? So the plan was, okay, we'll finish the PTQ, drive it to Burlington, and then watch UFC. But I was like, I'm still in contention, so I want to, you know, I want to play uh, until I'm knocked out. And the deal was that if I decide to do this and I don't top eight, I'm gonna get the worst silent treatment the entire way in the car, <laughs> all the way up to Burlington.
2: Good. Uh,
0: they should have just made you be the driver. Oh, they did. I was the driver. <laughs> so uh, I, actually, sure enough, I was able to win off six matches in a row. And uh finished in fourth after uh, after Swiss. So I top aided. Yeah. And
3: second of the season.
0: Second one of the season. Uh and actually this one was pretty sweet because the playmat uh came in a tube this time. So I haven't yet I have yet to open the tube, but it's pretty sweet that it came in a tube. So
3: Was it as they said on Magic the Amateuring, a suck tube?
0: Um, I don't listen to that, so... You should.
3: It's hilarious, and it has chicks.
0: I'm, I'm going to say no, but... <laughs> I, okay. I, I don't know what it is. So in the top eight, uh, I played against Junk, and I I won that 2-1. And then uh, in the quarters, uh, sorry, the semis, so top four, I played against uh, Blue-White. And in game three, uh, I basically, like, knowing the cards that were in my hand, and I turned two thoughts to him, uh, I played it in such a way that, because uh, he had no pressure in his hand. Uh, well, he had one Restoration Angel, but he had nothing else. He had a path to exile. So I played in a way that he'd have to path my Dark Confidant, otherwise I'd just win the game off of that. Uh And then I'd beat down with my Raging Ravine. So, and sure enough, that's what I did. Now, his out was essentially to, because he only had he had uh, one line in play at that time, and two lines at hand. So his out was to rip uh, a celestial colonnade between, on turns two or three, and then rip a restoration angel and another land, which is actually exactly what he did.
2: Hashtag skill game.
0: Fortunately, like, I got him down to, I think I got four life with my Raging Ravine, and I had, uh, no, sorry, three life, because I had a Raging Ravine and I had a Treetop Village in play, and I was able to activate both on the next turn. So, but sure enough, he had ripped the Restoration Angel the turn before, and he'd have to use both Restoration Angels to chum block, uh, but he happened to rip a land, activate his colonnade, and hit me for 10 when I was at 9, so... Ugh. Fortunately, I didn't get there. Although, as much as you can feel bad for me, uh, you have to... One of the guys, uh give a shout-out to Max Brown, who, he is a big... Travis, if you don't know him, uh he's from the... He's a gigantic Kiki player, to the extent that this was his fifth PTQ Top 8 oh, well. of the season, and it was the third time he lost in the finals. Wow. So yeah, he, really yeah, he needs an invite.
3: He's getting an invite. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because <laughs> so, uh, I, I didn't play against him. I played against uh the opponent, and the blue-white opponent basically turned to him after having won. Well, he got congratulated by his buddies. I uh, turned him after one, and he's like, so, do you want to scoop to me, because you're basically a lock for the pity invite? <laughs> like, oh, I'd I prefer playing it out, and I'd prefer having the guaranteed invite.
3: <laughs> you can't blame him for that.
0: Yeah. So he, he is just
1: basically the in-boss at those
0: PTKs? <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. But he's, uh, like, uh, I saw him play, and uh, he's basically a, a master with Kiki Pod. So if anyone, uh, I don't know if he'll appreciate this or not, but anyone wants to know, like, KikiBot, Inside Out, uh, hit up, uh, Max Brown. I don't know what he's, I think it's Max Brown on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, but maybe not. Uh, cause he is uh, the absolute master with that.
3: I understand. You also met one of our listeners.
0: I did. I was gonna, I was gonna mention the shout out, but, uh, a huge uh, shout out to, uh, Kevin Baldwin, who's at Taurine Mahler on, uh, on Twitter. That I met him. Awesome. A- he is there was a very odd lunch break that they had set up, and I met him during the lunch break. And sure enough, because he he had internet access, being in the states, I didn't. So I was like, "Would you mind just 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 for the rubbins to Lansdale? Would you mind tweeting at him that uh, that I top aided?" But no, uh, we we talked uh, throughout the entire event. KYT, me, him uh, talked, and uh, he was uh, absolutely fantastic. So a uh, shout out to him. It was uh, it was great to meet him.
3: Awesome, yeah, he's a he's a top guy.
0: Yeah. So then after the disappointment of uh not being able to uh to win the PTQ, we went out to Burger King and then I drove from Hartford to Burlington uh to get in at like two in the morning. I didn't do so well the PTQ in Burlington. But that is but still even even without that, I think my record the deck is uh what is it? I have six losses in Swiss, and, like,
1: two PTQ top eights, uh,
0: and My I lost... You're definitely going to be
1: sorry to see modern season in.
0: And, and I went, lost one winning in, so yeah. Uh, hopefully, I can write some art. But if not, uh Doug Potter posted an article on Man Deprived. Uh, the deck's called Lanthier Jund. I Actually, I didn't mention that, but I was playing Jund throughout uh, the PTQ season, and, no, like that, like, the deck always every single match gave me a shot to win. Uh there was only like one match in Burlington where I had to mulligan and the deck just like I couldn't draw what I needed to. But aside from that, like every single match I felt that, you know, I just thought to win and there's a lot of matchups that I did win. Especially in um, one of the like one of the Jun's weaknesses has always been uh, Living End. Uh in what happened was for uh round seven so if I won round seven, I still had to win round eight. I couldn't draw in, in round eight. And round seven, I beat living end. So, uh, game one, he won. Game two, I won, but it was pretty close. And then game three, like, uh, the thing that I think is best about Jund, is there's no such thing as a god with Jund. It's just, you know, it's a very solid deck through and through. The cards are very solid. And, you can just look in a hand and be like, okay, this is good. And then what you're drawing is even better. Uh, that game three was the one time that I'd say I had a god draw, because he, well, one, he mailed the six, and I kept a hand that was two fetch lance, two deathrite shaman, and three discard spells. Yeah. Which, against Living End, is, like, not only <laughs> am I ripping hands to shred, but anything that you discard, like creatures what whatnot, I'm just getting rid of. Uh So that was, like, that was a close game that I was able to beat, and then uh skate's game came through huge in round 8 that I had to win as well, because uh, I was playing against Twin. So I was, you know, those were those were two of the matchups that I kind of always had trouble with, to a certain extent, and the fact that, like, you know, the deck, even though I had trouble, like, the deck still never seemed like it was, it let me down, if you will, or, it, like, it wasn't in a position to win. So I will definitely be sad to see the season go.
3: Well, before we move on from modern season, and I know Travis's uh, deck of the, of the week is is a modern deck, but let's sort of put a, a, an end to modern season for PTQs and just talk about where we think the format is. Sam, you're not a big modern fan, right?
2: Um, I'm not a big fan, but I do live with Dana Dusang, who's been at every single PTQ this season.
3: Uh-huh. So you
1: read a of it. Yeah,
2: I've I've been living vicariously through Daniel. <laughs> Who is Captain Topdeck
3: on Twitter, unless I'm very much mistaken. Nope, that's him. Yes.
1: Yeah. You guys are nuts. Modern was so, good enough to bring me out of my PTQ retirement.
3: I mean Jump is still a very powerful deck. It's clearly not the format dominated that it used to be.
0: Uh you know what's really weird about that? And it actually had, like, it happened the whole, I think I played, well, I played eight rounds uh, of Swiss, and I think it probably happened six times. Like, I had six different opponents who were like, you're playing Jund? I didn't think that was a real deck anymore. Yeah. And it, it like, I guess, I mean, you know, the, Jund was always that it was just, there wasn't really a way to hate it out. But the fact that, like, no one, there's people that don't even consider it a deck just make it that much easier.
1: Sure. It uh, doesn't have any goddarls, but going turn one death route into turn two Liliana
0: still beats a lot of decks. Yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, someone called it... Uh, well, actually, there's there's two terms that uh, came up uh, over the course of the uh, the weekend. And I forgot his name. I know it's somewhere in my pad, so I apologize for this. But one of the guys uh, coined the term, or at least it was his term that, like, he passed on to me, uh, is there's the junfetch. So, whenever, instead of just, you know, saying, like, I'm fetching for a basic, if you Jun fetch, you're fetching for an untapped shock to take three. Which I thought was pretty good, but the other thing is that, uh, someone else also called it the two W-H-O-R-E-S deck. (laughs) Okay. Olivia is just unfair in every single way, and Liliana is, like, that card is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. That it just rips apart every deck's hand with absolutely no mercy is uh, is just ridiculous.
3: And so John, but like we were so basically, I think it's a fair statement to say that Jund is very good still, but it's it's no longer the boogeyman.
0: No, it's uh, you know it, and it's one of the reasons why. Like I mean, the version I was playing had four Lilianas and six discard. It's because you really need to be proactive early. Because it doesn't have, say, that late-game surge of, uh, you know, just going, oh, Blood, right? Like, my deck laid, uh two bank Commands and an Eternal Witness, which provides some, like, two-for-ones, right? Like, I mean, you can bring one of your creatures back, you can kill one of their creatures. I mean, there's a lot of time you're just have, kind of, like, doming them and bringing back a creature. And then it's just, back whatever you want. But it doesn't have, you know... Uh, the blood rate act of being able to hit for three right away and getting another value spell out of it.
3: Sure. So eggs as well is the one that people are saying needs to be banned.
1: Yes. I've been um, saying that
0: what for five, six months
1: now.
0: There's there's a lot of things that kind of go with eggs, right? That I don't really think per se it's should be banned to the extent of power level. Right, no, like not at all. Some people have mentioned power level, and yeah, it can go off on turn three, and yeah, in the finals of the GP, it went off on turn three both games in the finals, which is certainly, you know, it's something to consider, but it's the fact that it's very much like you go off and your opponent basically does nothing. Like for in, uh, if you're watching the GP coverage for the uh, quarterfinals, Brian Kibler's playing against Eggs, and when he was going off, he called the judge over, and said, watch him play, I'm going to the washroom. Yeah, he, yeah. he f 6 in real life.
2: To be fair, that happened multiple times over the course of the tournament, not just from Kibler. Right. Many opponents got up and left the table and just went and did something
1: better.
0: Right. So I, I don't think you can have a deck that works on that level.
1: Well, I don't think you can have a deck that works on a level and is good enough to win turn three consistently.
3: It's not good enough to win turn three consistently. Hmm. It can win on turn three.
0: Like, I mean, with re- it, it,
1: if it draws reshape, it wins on turn three.
3: No, not at all. Now, you've you got to remember, I have played a ton of eggs. Reshape is the only way you can win on turn three. But one reshape is not enough. You need at least two eggs and at least two sunrise effects before you get to turn three for that to happen.
0: Right, but, uh, like, if... I think what's going to happen is I don't think Lowe's be for next modern season. And it's not because of the turn that it wins, because of, uh, you know, any power level per se. It's because that the deck doesn't interact with your opponent. And I think if you have it at a GP, and you have it, you know, at high profile that's on camera, opponents are just walking away from the table, that sets a very bad precedence saying that magic is not fun. Or playing. Okay. Like,
3: so, one thing I don't understand is why Pyrite Spellbomb is still the win condition of choice in game one.
2: Don't say Blind Obedience.
3: No, Blind Obedience is a very good choice as a sideboard card, because it doesn't target. Um, my version of Eggs has two win cons main deck, Disciple of the Vault and Emrakul. And because of that, my... Turns that I go off do not last 25 minutes while I cycle through my entire deck.
0: Like, here's the thing, right? Like, I have, uh, one of the buddies, our Andrew McClough, he has, he was playing, he plays Eggs, and he has Pirate's Bell Bomb as his win condition, and, like, he can go off, it takes 5 minutes, right? Like, quickly. I, I really don't think that it's the win condition that slows it down, it's the player. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are gonna say, hey, I wanna get, I wanna pick up this, like, you know, it won the Pro Tour, it won a GP now, uh, you know, I think I should play this deck, but they're not necessarily gonna, say, goldfish it, or, like, you know, 20-25 games, they're not gonna act, you know, play against players, you know, 20-25 games. It's just gonna be, gonna be like, okay, pick it up, you know, play against the player, like, once or twice, and, like, the kitchen table buddy is gonna be like, well, I don't wanna play against this, like, I just scoop right away, so it doesn't allow them to kinda, do the combo the entire way through, which is why when you end up in tournaments where you have people that are playing eggs that aren't as experienced as, say, you or my buddy Andrew, they don't know exactly how to do it, so it takes much longer to get there because they want to make sure that everything's, you know, perfect and safe and that they don't screw up along the way.
3: Right, but the guy who played it at the GP... He wasn't bad at it. Actually, well, the I mean, thing
1: about Pyrite is it also hits some of the main deck hate. A lot of people are playing things like Aven Mind Sense, or Main because Scapeshift is also a deck. You have Pyrite, you can take that out and then go off. Whereas yeah. if the, the two you described, Disciple of the Vault is very vulnerable to this format that is loaded with spot removal. And Emrakul requires you to move into an attack
0: step. Although, speaking speaking of his deck, because I've never seen this before, and even my buddy Andrew had never seen this, have you ever tried Twin Cast in the deck?
2: I have not. I was I really be. happy when he cast that.
0: Like, <laughs> I thought you might be, yeah. <laughs> really, you, uh, you know, Sunrise, uh, number 9 and 10.
3: Yeah, it seems good. I mean, I've been playing, I've recently been trying Edge of Autumn in the deck, because there's about two to four flex spots in an Egg's deck that people have tried, like, Extra Silences. Uh, I was trying Terrarian in there for a little while. Uh, right now it's Edge of Autumn, but Twin Cast seems pretty good, too.
0: Well, that and, like, also Twin Casts are counter spell, right? Yes. But, like, I I really don't see it being around in that, you know, someone as high profile as Brian Kibler was just in the top eight was like, Judge, watch my opponent. I'm going to do something better.
3: Yeah. Now, here's a suggestion. I think you can just ban pyrite Spellbomb and that deck becomes a heck of a lot faster.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's no way they'd ban pyrite Spellbomb. See, I, I agree with you, because if you even if you have one Disciple default in your deck, right, you know, if it's in the bottom card, like, it's still drawing it. So you still have to cycle what? through all your eggs, sunrise, cycle through all your eggs, sunrise, cycle through all your eggs, sunrise.
3: Sure, but every time you cycle, you're shuffling, so it's not going to stay on the bottom for very long.
0: Well, right, well, but I mean, you shuffle it, and it's like, so, you know, the fifth card from the top, and then you draw three, and then shuffle again. And it goes like down, right? Like, I mean, it's completely random when you draw it, but that's kind of the issue. Like, it's not like, you know, okay, like one cycle of eggs, like two. Like, you Wait, really you, get it to the point where you basically have zero cards in your, li- well, not zero, like two cards in your library to be able to be, actually have it.
1: You're, you're not seriously suggesting that they're going to ban pirate spellbomb from the deck, right?
0: Come that, on. you are not taking crazy pills.
3: I would like them to do that because I want to keep playing eggs. I have it almost foiled out. Well, if they're
1: gonna ban anything, it's probably gonna be reshaped so that it can't go off turn three and leave it as a turn four deck.
0: No, like see that's just it. It's unless they really do want to get rid of the deck and they'll brand Modus Bloom. Like yeah. they're never gonna ban it because you know it's a turn four deck but can go off turn three. They're gonna ban it because no one wants to play against it.
2: Well, another they're, thing that I, I guess my particular issue, and I don't know if you've encountered this in the Northeast, but in the Midwest here, our PTQs go about an average of, like, 10 to 15 minutes longer after time has been called each round because of Egg's players. Now, yep. that that starts to be a real, like, logistical problem, especially when, in the first bannings of Modern, they banned Sensei's Divining Top for tournament logistic issues, not because that card is amazing. Like, sure, it sets up, like, Countertop and all that, but honestly, it was a time issue. So if there's a deck that is just a time issue, I can see them considering to ban that.
3: The difference is though that eggs rarely goes to time because it wins on turn four. So yes, it takes twenty minutes to go off, but it's still only turn four.
0: Right, but it's oh, right, but it they don't, don't care if it's
1: taking if it if it enters extra turns and then you start to go off. So the round takes an extra half hour because the deck just takes that long to win, they're going to look at that in
0: uh, a harsh light.
3: See, this never happens to me. I don't understand why this happens. I, like, when I play eggs...
0: But, like, here, here's... The, how many people play eggs in, like, their modern environment? In ours? No, in... in just-,
3: just me. Okay,
0: see, that's just it. That's the problem.
3: What? Because I'm good with the deck, it doesn't... is not an issue?
0: Right, so you... But if you take, uh, say for example, uh, uh I don't, pick one of the Twinjas, cause I can't come up with anyone else that,
3: uh, right. Who, They've both goldfished it like crazy.
0: Okay, but if you don't have someone that goldfishes it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: it's the problem, and to give you an example, uh, at, so between the Hartford PTQ and the Burlington PTQ, uh, the exception of one, uh, one win in, uh, it actually wasn't a win in a match, but one match in the finals, uh, or in the final round, that was between Jund and Junk, uh, all the other matches that went to time and took more than five minutes like past when time was called were all eggs matches because there's people that don't know how to play the deck, right? So, you know, it's kind of like you can't have someone sign up with eggs and say, you can only play this deck if you've goldfished it like 25 times, right? Because you're going to get people that are going to show up and, you know, they maybe, like, run it once or twice, or someone's just like, you know, I don't have a deck, I forgot these cards or whatnot, do you have something to lend? And they're like, oh, yeah, here, thanks.
3: Yeah, and, and I get that, but by the same token, remember when blue-black control was everywhere in Standard?
0: Yeah, there's no more Jace.
3: No, not even the Jace matchups. Like, the one in last season Standard, when it was uh, Innistrad Scars, and people were just playing do-nothing control... And winning with uh, drum yards—how boring those matches were, how long they went.
0: Right, but like the thing is, if it, like if they went to time, and they had five turns, and those five turns didn't last twenty minutes a turn for one of no, the turns. Those,
2: those five turns were like—it's you know you think about stuff and you play a turn in about a minute, and five minutes later your round's over.
1: Right,
0: that's why. So I, I think it's basically like you know rounds are fifty minutes. If it goes to 55 minutes in the extra turns, that's acceptable. But if it starts going past that, then it creates uh, tournament logistic problems.
3: Well, we'll see, I guess. I don't want to spend too much time talking about eggs, but one thing I do want to talk about briefly is that modern doesn't seem to be a solved format yet. People are still innovating with this huge card pool. I mean, we saw a whole bunch of new stuff show up at the GP hmm Um and, like, there's still a whole bunch of powerful cards that aren't seeing any play. Vile is not being played anywhere. Disciple of the Vault's not being played anywhere. See, I
0: don't agree with that. I saw a bunch of basics. Yeah. Ethervile yeah, yeah, it's, it's in Merfolk
3: Well it's it's not winning any tournaments, let's put it that way.
0: Right. Well, like I mean Merfolk basically dies to Jund right?
3: It dies to uh Tron as well with power class. It doesn't do
0: very well against junk. So there's like uh I mean modern is essentially you know, I think it's a sort wizard of one that it's not, you know, set a set format where you know this group of decks beats this you know, say group A of decks beats group B of decks, group B beats group C Group C beats group A. Right? And it's not it's not gonna be that. And there's never gonna be, say, that overpowered deck or that very consistent deck like Legacy has, which I think is where Wizards wants Modern to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the one of the issues is, you know, I heard Jerry talk about this, because Jerry, uh, Jerry Thompson hates uh, Modern, which is well-documented. But, like, it may be, say, it might say turn off some of the pros in that, you know, there's not, say, a very good deck or best deck that can be kind of constantly consistent, which, you know, may turn off the top level pros, but when it comes to uh when it comes to say other people and their brewers and whatnot, uh I think it's open season and it doesn't have the oppressive cards that Legacy C has, so there's much more room for innovation. I think people enjoy that. Yeah. modern is like cat damp for brewers. Like there's there's one guy that I played against who uh at three and one, I believe. Four and one. He had at least three wins. Uh, he was playing his own, uh basically a black-white-green uh, version that had uh, Oriok Steel Shapers in it that was, you know, I, I, like I was able to beat him, but even game one where, you know, he went sort of body-mind uh, on the Steel Shaper and, like, pumped his army, and I was like, this could go very bad for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the, the things that they've always said is a problem with Modern from the pro perspective is, a lot of the decks that they work on are so synergistic that the hate exists that if they did, your opponent just hits that one or two hate cards, you're pretty much screwed. The synergistic decks just don't, they can't get a consistent win percentage. Uh, maybe Affinity is probably the closest thing to it, but the hate in modern is just unreal powerful. And some people said, "You mean, you just play the deck with the best hate. So let's
3: let's look at this because a lot of people have been saying recently, including me, that standard is wide open and it's a good time to brew because the, the brews can win because the cards are all so powerful. But I'm starting to think, and in fact I've known this for a while, but I just haven't had the cards to do it. Modern is even better for brewing.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100.
3: And I mean, they're- so FNM modern, uh, you can show up literally with anything and expect to do
1: well.
0: Well, if well, know, no,
1: if you know your deck. Modern is a really good format for picking a strategy that you like and tweaking that strategy throughout the, the, the season. Like if you're an aggro player, yeah. start with an aggro deck. Um you I mean you may not play the exact same deck every time, but that strategy uh it's gonna be good no matter what you're what tournament you're going to.
3: Focusing as we do on F and think like, if you wanted to take Mythic to an N, you could expect to do well. If you wanted to take even Storm, you could expect to do well. Eggs, if you wanted to do, like, a control deck, the red-white or the the red-white-blue or the blue-white could work. You've got
1: Jund. Well, you probably did, wouldn't do well if you took Eggs because you'd be pantsed and thrown in the alley. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: But you, you see what I'm saying. Like, I was uh, testing a Trash for Treasure deck tonight, because it seemed to me that was the most powerful effect that wasn't seeing any sort of play, and it was doing crazy stupid things. Like, I had a Mindslaver lock on turn 5.
0: Like I, I, I think card you know, ex- is really unexplored in modern. You, know, you guys may agree or disagree with me on this, but th- like one of the reasons why I say maybe the pros have a bigger problem with this than other people is that it's impossible to actually metagame modern.
3: I'd agree with that. Yeah. Right?
0: There's not, like, say, you know, in Legacy, you have, like, the, the Stoneblade control decks, then you have, like, the combo decks, and they all kind of fit into, like, some niche package. And you can be like, okay, well, like, my deck loses this, so, like, let's bring in that hate. You need very much general, like, all wide-ranging uh, hate cards, right? And if you look, uh, you know, the deck that I was playing had a bunch of one-ofs. Even the, uh, Justin was playing a bunch of one-ofs. Even the top eight decks, you know, had a bunch of one-ofs.
3: Awesome. So speaking of innovation in modern, Travis, what is your notion of the week? This is our new feature where Travis finds us a deck and we talk about it.
0: We're still not selling the name.
3: You have for us the notion of the week, which is Brian Kibler's top eight list from San Diego, right? That
1: is right. it up, uh, those were the most innovative decks um, in the, P- in the uh, Grand Prix, and the fact that he made top eight is both a testament to his skill and the fact that modern is a wide-open format.
0: He also, I mean, he did top eight, but he also ran through the field. Yeah. He was, I think he was like 12 all at one point. Seems all right. Yeah,
1: I mean, he he yeah. may have, one, had eggs not caught up to him again. All right. Yeah. You want me to just read the list?
3: Yeah, hit us with the list there, partner. All right.
1: Four Arid Mesa, one Blood Crypt, two Forest, one Horizon Canopy, 1 Kessig Wolf Run, 1 Marsh Flats, 2 Misty Rainforest, 2 Plains, 1 Sacred Foundry, 2 Stomping Ground, 1 Temple Garden, 1 Treetop Village, and 4 Verdant Catacombs. 3 deathright Shaman, 2 Kitchen Finks, 4 Knight of the Reliquary, 2 Lotus Cobra, 4 Loxus and Smiter, 3 Noble Hierarch, 1 Quisali Pride Mage, 4 Tarmogoyf, 2 Thunder Maw Hellkite, 4 Lightning Bolt, Three path to exile, one a Johnny Vengeant, three Domri Rade, one Elspeth Knight Errant, and then sideboard. He had uh, an Aven Mind Sensor, a Batter Skull, three Blood Moon, a Combust, a Kasali Pride Mage, two Stony Silence, one Sword of Light and Shadow, two Thrun the Last Troll, a Thundermaw Hellkite, a Torpor Orb, and an Uvenwald Tracker.
3: In modern,
1: yes, wow. One of the one of my favorite things about this deck is the numbers. The fact that they're all over the board. I mean, awesome. he's playing three noble hierarch and three death Rat shaman instead of a, a play set of one or both. Yeah, also two, like, two low deep, deep. deep
0: cobra.
3: I think it's interesting to to note. That just yeah, the, the knight of the reliquary is back.
0: Yep, it is awful.
3: Um, but in a deck like this, like, I saw him fetch up a wolf run with it.
1: Yeah, I fetch um, up a wolf run with it when he had two Lotus Cobra out. Yeah. That's Which sick. just
3: seems really, really good. Like, you crack, you play a fetch, crack a fetch, tap your Right your, uh, of the reliquary, fetch a wolf run with it, and then you just pump your dude into oblivion and kill them. That,
2: doesn't it put it tapped?
3: Oh, no, it's just no. on the battlefield. I haven't read yeah. that card in a while. That's pretty good, yeah. I mean people had stopped playing Night of the Relic because Death Shaman was just going, Oh look, lands.
1: And then they remi- then all well, these Kibler remembered that it it's not just that it grows that makes it good. The ability to go fetch whatever land you want is kinda stupid.
2: So what do you guys think of the Domri Raid in this deck?
1: Well I mean you got twenty five
3: creatures, right? So
2: Um Okay, so let's so do the cool math real fast. Like, you've got twenty five creatures out of sixty is like 041 percent. Or 41%, yeah. So, if you have a 7-card hand, and assume 3 of those are creatures, you've cast Armory Raid on turn 2 or 3, which means you've played, you have either six, fifty-one, or 50 cards in your deck. And from there, that means that if there are 3 creatures in your hand, you have a 45% chance to hit a creature off Armory. Is that actually mm-hmm. worth it? Drawing a card every other turn?
1: Well, as he was pointing out, you're running 10 fetches. And if you're also fetching lands with 9 of the reliquary, so you go fetch a fetch and then crack the fetch, you're diluting the deck so much that his numbers go up exponentially.
3: And uh, if you don't like the card that's on top, you can shuffle it away. Right. That's fair. So he's using it
2: more as like a, the worst brainstorm possible.
3: Well, it, it, uh, does also occasionally draw you a card, and yeah. the fight mechanic is not irrelevant. Yeah, especially when okay.
1: you're playing Tarmogoyf and Moxing, uh, Smiter. I mean, a Smiter with the fight mechanic is going to take down the, your, uh, your Restoration Angels. It's going to take down any card in Pod. Uh, it's going to hurt Jund. I mean, I like it. I know some That's of the Pods had started running Domri recently, too, and were seeing some success. I'd actually put it a couple of mine for if I went to the PTQ on Sunday and didn't get to go, so.
2: I mean, it's yeah. got some interesting tricks with Night of the Reliquary, too. Like, go get a fetch, and suddenly, that night you're having fight the other creature is gigantic. Right. That's, I like
1: that. Okay. And the Johnny showing up again, he was the, really, the breakout star from this GP, wasn't he?
2: Well, some teams thought he was, that's for sure.
3: Well, I mean... <laughs> One thing I've grown fond of doing when evaluating cards in formats is ignore everything but the text box. Just read the text box. Because if the text box doesn't wow you, then something else on the card has to. And if you read a Johnny's text box, you're like,
0: Holy cow. He was only the top four card of the tournament though. Well, because he buyer. wasn't a
3: four of. He wasn't a four he wasn't a four of in most decks, right?
0: Well, that and because I think they just wanted to put Reshape at one so they could quote, because two mana Tinker for Black Lotus is a legal play in modern.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that is a
0: great quote.
2: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, but, look, what, look what finished above it. Lightning Bolt is really probably. If Death Rat Shaman is not the best card in modern, then I would say Bolt is.
2: Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I tend helix. I really like Lightning Bolt. The card's really good.
0: That's why someone suggested someone suggested that I play instead of Jun play junk. And I'm like, but then I don't get to play Lightning Bolt. And I don't want I don't want to path your guy. I just want to kill it.
1: I would posit that Lightning Bolt is the perfect magic card. Uh
3: that's going into way more into theory than I have any interest in doing right now. But yeah, this deck it's it's not like if you look at it. You just go, it's just a bunch of value cards, but it's really, really good. It just does everything. It wins by just playing tons and tons of value. And a Johnny Vengeant, there's only a one off in the deck, but whenever it hit the board, or whenever it hit the board in the, uh, the, uh, what I call hot garbage decks, the junk with red, it, It just seemed to take over the game. I mean, it taps down something that's already tapped. It can lightning helix at a pinch, and if it ever ultimates,
1: yeah, forget it. I don't know. Pod could survive at L20.
3: Sure. So could uh, Affinity.
1: I also like Elspeth. Elspeth is one of the most criminally underplayed cards in modern.
3: Oh, yeah. She's a hoss.
1: I mean, people just seem to have forgotten that she is a beast.
0: Uh, She's actually a woman... Not a beast, Travis? Come on. <laughs> Get with the program.
3: And it's Garrick that makes beasts, not Elspeth. Yeah, she makes soldiers.
2: No one reads cards yeah. these days. I hate
3: you all. I mean, to be honest, Sam, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but this is the same guy who was building uh, a beatdown deck, and his second, the second thing he tried was Experiment 1. That's good. What was the first thing? But it, 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 I, that doesn't even make sense. It's experiment one, not experiment
1: two. We did this last week.
2: Oh, that's that's so bad. Ah, uh.
1: yeah, <laughs> and it, it was so bad last week too, and now he's revisiting it.
2: Yeah, you, you have to. Uh, but to be fair, you shouldn't feel too bad. I was, I was, at, as soon as modern was announced, I was excited, and I was brewing Doran. And so I'm, I'm working through the lists of forests, and I'm like, okay, so I'm Temple Garden. It makes black, or it makes white and green. That's excellent. Uh, you know, Overgrown Tomb makes black and green. And I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I couldn't figure out the Shockland that made green and green. Turns out that's just forest.
3: <laughs> oh my... God. Hup, but also Dup. Yeah. Oh,
1: jeez.
3: A little too far down they, the rabbit
1: hole. Think, why didn't Kibler, Kibler play at least one murmuring Bosk in this?
3: That's a
1: good
3: question. Because he, he has,
1: has so Shaman. many tree folks. Yeah, but he has Deathrite Shaman. I mean, being able to do the the backside with black mana.
3: He has Blood Crypt. And Lotus Kilgross. Eh.
0: And it deals damage. To you.
3: It does indeed. So yeah, really fun deck. I mean, Latent Bottom Path to Exile are the, probably the two best removal spells in the format. Uh You've got some of the most powerful creatures in the format. I just, I just love this deck. The only thing I would want to see in it somewhere is a single Fauna Shaman, but that's because I love that card. Oh, wow, that's still a card. Yeah. <laughs> you know how often I'm sitting down looking through Mod, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a card. Like yep. That was Trash for Treasure the other day. <laughs> like, wait, this says three mana put something ridiculous into play. Why is nobody using this? You have three ways to put... Artifacts in the graveyard on turn three. You've got faceless looting, is it charm, thirst for knowledge. Why aren't we playing these cards?
1: Yeah, I had a spicy one for pod for this weekend. Again, if I'd have got to go. What was that? Uh, vo- uh, now you asked me. Voidstone Gargoyle, I think is it?
3: Oh, that's sweet. How do you pod into Voidstone Gargoyle? It's a nine drop.
1: No, that's Nullstone.
2: Yeah, Nullstone is the one that counters creatures. A uh, Voidstone Gargoyle is three white-white for a flyer. Yep. It's a 3-3 three, three flyer, yeah.
1: It's a Meddling Mage that also stops you from being able to activate activate in a... Meddling
2: Mage slash
3: Pithing Needle? Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. You know what else? Like, why isn't Trennisfair seeing any play?
2: Because it's bad. Uh, yeah, I, there's a a local player who plays in Tulsa... Oklahoma. And he's working on a stack stack, always. And he just, no, he just can't get it to work. It's it's not there yet.
3: Just trading post is a thing.
2: Doesn't that cost like four?
3: Yeah. All
2: right, okay. That's, you, that's but all with Trinisfair
3: out, that. everything else costs three. <laughs> I don't know. Something I want to try. Just, just I'm, I'm i uh, I'm looking to brew. I'm going to start alternating weeks with my Achievement Unlocked article and do some brewing in modern one week and then standard the next just to give it some variety.
0: That um, and just so your local players at least get trolled in two formats.
3: They're not getting trolled. They're getting beaten by Descent into Madness. Just oh, wait. Don't
1: play thing. eggs, Chris. Friday Night Magic is supposed to be a fun experience.
0: Hey, help me have
1: a It's just
0: like <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's also about your opponents. That's it. I just figured out new achievement for Chris. Uh, can't play eggs for six months. That's a good achievement. And if you unlock it, uh, Travis will give you something you want.
2: <laughs> What's that? I don't, I don't think know. we can answer that question.
0: Come up, come up with something you want, and he'll get you. What cards are you missing foil in your eggs deck?
3: Uh, two Second Sunrise, the Reshapes, uh, strangely enough, the Chromatic Spheres, <laughs> and the Serum
1: Visions. He'll get okay. you a foil Serum uh, we'll Visions. You stand.
3: <laughs> if only that were legal. So the real main topic, which we're now getting
0: to, is the
3: fact that somehow our email inbox has exploded this week.
0: Yeah, I even had some in my junk mail.
3: So, yeah, we've got a ton of emails to talk about. And uh, we're just going to go through them and uh, get some input from Sam, because he's a boy hero. That's true. The first deck we have here is from Josh. And he has a Simic deck here that appears to be splashing red and white. Ooh.
0: So it's whatever the non-black Nephilim is.
3: Name that Nephilim! Thanks, Cedric. This appears, to, this appears to be a play on the deck we came up with right after Travis started on the show, I think. Uh, it was one of the first ones we sent in to Gavin, the infinite combo of uh, conscripts, Lotus, Deadeye Navigator, which, no, you can't do it with Burning Tree Emissary. That's a shame. So he's got four Arbor Elf, four Burning Tree Emissary, two Master Biomancer, three Restoration Angel two Acidic Slime, four Thrag task, one Zealous Conscripts, two Dead Eye Navigator, two Optimus Prime speakers, Zagana, two Bonfire of the Damned, four Farseek, two Garruk Primal Hunter, one Gilded Lotus, three Urban Evolution, four Breeding Pool, six Forest, three Hinterland Harbor, two Rootbound Crag, three Steam Vents, two Stomping Ground, one Sunpetal Grove, and three Temple Garden. So my first thought here is... Adding white just for Restoration Angel doesn't really seem to do enough. No.
1: Nope.
3: Are you disagreeing with me? No, I I think we're
2: all on that train.
3: Don't get me wrong, Restoration Angel is a fabulous card, and it has great synergies with everything in the deck, but to stretch your mana base to a fourth color, when you can get the same effect with more Deadeye Navigators, or even freaking Conjurer's Closet, if you want. That also costs some mana. No, Chris, costs, no,
0: Christopher. not cost five. Play more Dead Eye Navigators, not Conjurer's Closets. Well, they cost six. Right, but they can also be repeatedly used.
2: And they make Prime Speaker Zagana absolutely nuts, because you draw six every time you blink her?
3: That seems okay, yeah. Yeah. I can see that being all right.
2: So that,
3: I mean, is granted, that we're in Magical knowledge?
2: Christmas Land of two six-drops and mana to activate, but...
3: Well, we are playing Urban Evolution and Farseek. Mm-hmm. And Arbor Elf. And Burning... Well, Blinking Burning Tree Emissary seems
1: interesting. So you just... Tra- basically, you're saying it's interesting that you change your uh, white... Your colorless and blue to a red-green?
2: Yeah. That's sweet. Then you can cast a Farseek if you tap your mana wrong somehow.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I, I... That's another thing I'm not sure why it's in the deck. It's a ramp. I... Th- well it doesn't ramp.
0: Oh, I agree, but you know the the reason well, it's in the deck is I supposed to ramp.
2: But how
3: about Elvish uh, Visionary in that spot?
2: Yeah, like what does Burning Tree actually get you? You have to play it on like turn four? Three?
3: Question mark?
2: Yeah, when when can you play this and actually like effectively ramp? You just like lose card value out of your hand, right? Right. Maybe I'm Make bad.
1: Your- if you're using it as a tempo play to put another dude down, it's fantastic, but if you're just trying to use it to fix colors or in some way ramp or not, yeah. Yeah.
3: I think, I mean, Elvish Visionary does allow you to draw cards till you hit your win. I, I
0: get the feeling that people are kind of going too crazy with Burning Tramissary.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like,
0: there, there's decks that go in, and there's decks that they don't go in. If you want to be, you know, the fatty mid-range beatdown, it doesn't go in that. But if you want to play something like, you know, the Aggro Humans deck that can go, you know, turn one um, Champion of the Parish, turn two, like, two Burning Tree Emissaries into something else, that's exactly what you want. That's good, yeah. But otherwise, like, you know, you're just playing a 2-2 and you're like, "Uh, I don't really have anything, so, like, let's wait a turn.
2: That's not really where you want to be. And think about it like this. Uh, Obviously, we have a lot of Deadeye Navigator synergy, and... Assuming you want to cut the restos for more deadeye navigator top decking a burning Tree emissary with just a navigator in play pretty lackluster top decking elf is a lot better right
1: well uh, I, elvish visionary is
2: i think you're cutting the wrong
1: color i don't i think you should cut red and keep the white
3: well then you lose the combo
1: you you lose the infinite damage combo, but you still keep the Zillus or the uh, dead eye navigator is a badass combo
3: well sure but i you know, the thing is, infinite combos that play bad cards are terrible. Infinite combos that play cards you want anyway are perfect. Like, we would want Zealous Conscripts in the deck, even without the
1: Gilded Lotus interaction. You right? hear that,
0: Joshua Lemish? Chris Lansdell said your infinite combos are bad.
1: <laughs> well, my thought is that you're not going to, um I mean, just, with the speed of the format, you're not going to survive that long. Unless you either have a an almost guaranteed board wipe, which uh, Supreme Verdict would work better in here than uh, Bonfire, or you have some way to gang life, and things like Centaur Healer, and uh, if you even want to go Tristani, work really well with that Eye Navigator. You do see that thrag tusk there, right? Yeah, but thrag tusk is not going to keep you alive in this format.
3: To be fair,
2: also a good tempo play. I wheel. <laughs> like what? What about Huntmaster?
1: Yeah, that's where I was just
3: about to go. That card's
2: pretty good, I think.
3: It gains you life, it gives you an extra blocker, and it also goes infinite with Dead Eye Navigator.
0: Infinite is a relative term in this case. Yeah, I don't... Well, I mean, w- w-
3: if you have the conscripts to, to get the mana.
0: Oh, okay, so... Oh, uh, so right. a
3: four-card combo? That's
0: fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: all of the combos... Well, that will all the combos with, it, with the, that are four cards, because infinite mana is only so good if you have nothing to do with it. That's fair.
0: Well, no, that's not true. Because if you have a Guild of Lotus, a Zealous Conscripts, and a Devin- Dead Eye Navigator, uh, you can basically pseudo-slaver lock them, in which upkeep you can just go make infinite mana, steal all your permanents.
3: And you can keep all their creatures.
0: And then be like, draw a card?
2: <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> That's definitely that's to shake a stick at. So at, at least that three-card combo has more application than...
3: Well, sure. That, that will make them not able to do anything, but it, unless they scoop, it doesn't actually win you the game.
0: Well, no, but, like, if you're constantly stealing all their permanents and even just hitting in for three with your Dead uh, your sales conscripts and another five with your uh, Dead Eye Navigator, yeah, at one point that's going to win you the game.
3: Yeah, especially... You can also attack with all that stuff, too, because it has haste. Right,
0: so basically, essentially, if you have the three cards that steal all their permanents on upkeep every single turn, you should be okay.
3: The
2: Chances are high you're winning this game, yeah.
3: (laughs) But yeah, I think, Huntmaster, if we went white, I don't like Supreme Verdict, because you're going to be setting up your own... you're going to lose your own dudes. Uh, And... you Your early play dudes that won't let you get to the late game. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think it's risky.
2: Um, additionally, if we are looking at this as a combo deck, Huntmaster makes them use their removal a lot sooner because he can frankly just take over games by himself. Whereas, oh. like then they're out of you know whatever sweet thing and not going to kill your Prime Speaker or your Jedi Navigator.
3: I mean, Acidic Slime with Dead Eye Navigate is pretty okay, too, for taking over a game. Just thought I'd throw that out there.
2: That is fact. fact.
1: Uh, also, rubber tit- or... Elf seems awful in this. Yes. Don't... If you're going well, you... to run Ramp, why not run Chromatic uh, Lantern instead? Because you're oh. not really accelerating anything on turn three or four.
2: Yeah, and at the juncture you're Splashing White. This is obviously, if you were Splashing White, why not Pilgrim instead?
3: Well, because... Arborov gets you any color if you have the shocks, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Chromatic Lantern I can see. Mm, yeah, sure. Oh, and um,
1: uh, what's the... Lighthouse. Desolate Lighthouse definitely needs to be in the lands.
3: <laughs> see, I don't really like that. I know what you're saying that Desolate it lets, you you? lets you go through your deck. Yeah, when you're
1: do- setting up the combo when you get the infinite mana you can just basically draw your whole deck. Until you get what you want to kill them.
3: Like Bonfire the Damned? Yeah. You can also do that with Elvish Visionary, though.
0: Right, but, okay, again, like, going back... is easier to kill When it comes to the... Okay, if you have a Zealous Conscripts, a Dead Navigator, and a Gilded Lotus in play, like, you win the game if they do not have a way to remove it. So it doesn't matter what other card, like, you can put any card in that situation, it still wins you the game. Because Not particularly because
1: you have to let them untap.
0: Right, but you can just take all their permanents.
1: Right, but if you're playing any of these control decks that has um, removal, I mean chair yeah, can take out Zealous Conscripts.
2: Yeah, and they do that in response to like the conscript trigger re entering the battlefield, right?
1: Right. So that you can't blink it more than once. Yeah. Whereas if you have the if you have the land, the Desolate Lighthouse, go ahead and draw to you find your kill card and kill them. And the only Downside is you're running an extra land that's creates colorless it's
0: right. also
1: useful get setting up the combo and drawing the card you need
0: but again, again that's like a four card combo and I don't think the deck's problem is the for the combo per se it's kind of getting there well like if I play this like if I was playing the the Nia humans list that I played against Travis in the stream like this deck would i i like I'd have absolutely no problem like yeah, this would be you your would this deck over. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's a shame Wall of Blossoms isn't in the format, because that would yes. be perfect for this.
1: Yeah, the shame Wall of Blossoms. Is That's perfect. why I'm suggesting the white instead of red will, because I don't know how fast... I mean, this is similar to what I would have built last week, but after seeing how fast the Humans deck is, it's not going to work.
3: So, would it be better than to mostly go white and just splash red for a single conscript?
1: That would be fine by me.
3: Because with the amount of cards, like let's face it, you only need a one of of any card in this deck because you're going to draw your entire deck.
0: Assuming you have the four one ofs, you need to draw your entire deck.
3: Well, you're running two two prime speakers and we probably at least three, maybe four dead
0: eyes, right? Yeah, but those are two. I mean, two those are two six drops.
3: Yeah. Uh so if we take if we take the red down to just the one thing, the one Zeus conscripts. So we take the burning tree out and the bonfires, we can run uh Centaur Healers. I don't know about Supreme Verdict. Uh maybe What about Psychonic Rift? That card's Too really slow? good. It is really good, but I d I don't know if it's any good here. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, it will buy you some time, but it's just not going to be... I don't think it's good enough.
3: Okay. I I mean, if we cut the Arbor Elf for some non-creature ramp, then I can get behind a verdict. But it seems to me that if we're using Arbor Elf to ramp, and then we're just going to verdict it away anyway, it's kind of a waste of time.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, I'd play Deathrite Shaman over Arbor Elf in this situation. Well, like if you want if, you want, if you want to have it. Are? Oh, it's not about getting. Well, one, you have Desolate like, has to get lands into play, but it's just like if you your early drops have to be defensive, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at one, like your best outside of playing, say, Cathedral Sanctifier. Death Deathrite would probably be your best bet, just because like later on it can gain you incidental life. At least it can block to a certain extent. But like I, you don't want, obviously you you want mana ramp to a certain extent to get to your late game. But if you're just spending your early terms ramping, then you're just gonna die. So I, I like I wouldn't play Arboros. I think it, I think the deck just kind of has to concede that. If I'm playing against humans, I'm going to get kind of wrecked if they have a pretty decent draw. An average draw.
3: What do you think of the the Mystic Genesis in the sideboard? I think it's bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that that a trick question? Are you messing with me right now?
3: Wait, don't you play Counterlash?
2: Yes, as a one-of, as a joke.
3: (laughs) Okay, He's got two in the board against decks that tap out for huge
0: Sphinx's Revelations.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess if... To be fair...
0: What confuses me, and there's a couple things that confuse me in the sideboard, though.
3: To be fair, you were saying...
2: I mean, most Sphinx's Revelation players are probably not going to play around Mystic Genesis, so maybe it's better than I thought.
3: (laughs) As Will will probably point out if I give him enough time... I will get blown out by Mystic Genesis at some point before it rotates. Although...
0: Nah, Mystic Genesis is a rare. You'd get blown out by, like, all of the gavel. (laughs) What is the text on Mystic Genesis again?
3: Counter target spell, put an XX ooze token into play, where X is the converted mana cost of the spell that you counted.
0: I can totally see that happening. Like, Lansdale's opponent's at, like, seven... He has like nine power on the board, so like he attacks, and the guy has no blockers, and he's like, "Oh, just for the rubins, I'm gonna giant growth one of my dudes." And the guy's like, "Follow the gavel, that gain five life, untap, kill you." I can <laughs> totally see that happening.
3: The reason Will thinks this is because I was at a tournament in Montreal, and it was wasn't it my only loss?
0: Uh Yes, it was. I think maybe.
3: Yeah, yeah, I went. Me and you had the same record. No, no, no I, went 4-0. Yeah. Nice I went four zero. Yeah, But I went three one. My only loss was to a guy who cast Lost in the Mist. Uh,
0: you, you, you said it wrong. What happened was this guy played Lost in the Mist, and you got blown out.
3: I did get blown out, because what, what, was it a Tameo I cast?
0: No, I was in Treat the Angels, and instead of, like, for one, you were like, I'm going to be gradient and, like, for 18.
3: It wasn't for 18, you... Oh, I had a mana leak in hand. I had two mana leaks in hand. I left two mana open, and I could I was playing around... No, no, hang on. I didn't have mana leak in hand. I left three mana open to play around his mana leak. And he cast Lost in the Mist, bouncing... Venser. Yeah, that's right. Bouncing my Venser when I had the Venser Stonehorn lock
2: going. I am so unbelievably happy right now. (laughs) 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 I want to shake that man's hand.
3: (laughs) Because I thought I was playing well, playing around Mana League. And to be fair, against a normal player, that is the correct play. (laughs) Okay, leave three mana open... It means I have a two turn clock instead of a one turn clock, but if he counters it I have a zero clock. And I, okay, play around Mat <laughs> Lost in the mist, say what? <laughs> Things that say counter spell.
2: Still pretty good.
3: <laughs> huh. Turns out I couldn't actually beat that card. Um That card's still legal too.
2: It is. Oh, that's totally going in my deck. <sighs> <laughs>
3: Oh my god. Anyway, uh should we move on to the next one? I really I mean we love this deck. This is a oh. deck that we've built before. Yeah,
1: we're we're being harsh because we really like it and we feel like it has the the synergy has potential. That's why we're being a little bit more um probably Critical. ...we typically are. Yeah. I mean, t-
3: to be perfectly honest, the only cards that we don't like in the deck completely are the Burning Tree Emissaries. Everything else in the deck we can either see why it's there, or we know it's good. It's just a question of whether this is the optimal configuration. I mean, nobody's arguing with Biomancer in the deck, or Thragtusk, or Acidic Slime, or Navigator, no. like and Farseek, Primal Hunter. In fact, you know, I don't even know if Primal Hunter's necessary on this deck. I can see going without that, because it doesn't really fit the synergy.
0: Well, you can draw more cards.
3: Yeah, because that's going to be a
0: problem. On, on the off chance <laughs> that you're like eight powers of God, I didn't get there.
3: Or your urban evolution! Like, um, you
2: know, he's also really good at just against control. Make a dude, make a dude, make a dude. dude, right, you, dude.
1: You do we verdict.
3: <laughs> sure, make a dude. <laughs> so you know, like, by all means, feel free to cut and paste or ignore some or all of the advice. But we we know this deck and we love it. Uh Jason Gray wants us to play Bloodgift Demon in our Bug Summoning deck, our Bug Heartless Summoning deck that we brewed on episode seventy-one. Uh Yes, probably. And
0: it appeared on the stream.
3: <laughs> yeah, it did appear on the stream. I
2: don't.
1: I I ran, ran Bloodgift Demon in
0: Heartless Summoning last year to mixed results.
2: I really well, liked three it. Minutes.
0: Well, three mana for four-three it, it can't be worse than you playing Sylvan Primordial and me going. Okay. Okay. Just Blasphemous Act, my Boros Reckner, you die. Actually, funny fact, fun fact, because I didn't have, uh, I don't have Falcon Wrath Aristocrats online, so I was playing, a Blood Artist. Blood Artist also works very well with Blasphemous Act. <laughs> yes?
3: Yeah. I, I think Sylvan Primordial is probably better in the board against non-aggro decks. But let's face it; it's going to wreck the mid-range decks.
0: Is it though? I think Bulgarian, it was, it it was
1: absolutely the worst card in the deck.
3: I still like the black primordial as a sideboard card against unburial rights decks.
1: Depends on the unburial rights deck. If it's like humans, then no.
3: No, 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 no. Of course not.
0: Yeah, I have an uh, angel. Is it black
3: primordial?
2: No, no, they're, they're all, all avatars.
0: avatars. Oh, okay. Thanks, Chris. I was going to say, that'd be funny. Uh, yeah, they are avatars.
3: Okay, so... My, uh, the only
0: bad
1: thing about Blood Gift uh, compared to some of the other fatties and things is that it doesn't give you a, a benefit when it comes into play, and with, with um, Heartless Summoning into play, it dies to Searing Spirit. Yeah. And also, at that point, it, it dies to Restoration Angel.
3: Well, if, you're, if you attack into four open mana with a blood gift demon, you're probably an idiot. Well,
0: it also kills the Restoration Angels, so, you know, there's good and bad things. And I'm all in favor of killing Restoration Angels. Just
3: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good idea if you don't have to trade your personal Howling Mind for it, though, or your personal Phyrexian Arena. hmm So, the next email is from... Glean I I'm probably butchering your name. I'm terribly sorry. He has been listening for a while, and he has a brew for us called Gutter Goblins. Well, okay. I'm guessing this includes Gutter Knight. Ha ha! Four Gutter Knight. Well done. Uh, four, four Mog Flunkies. Four Legion Loyalist. Three Hellraiser Goblin. Three Krenko. Two Thunder Hellkite. Two Wrecking Ogre. Four Pillar of Flame. Four Searing Spear. Four Krenko's Command. Three Traitorous Blood. 23 Mountains. And in brackets, foil for style. You are correct, good sir. And he's got a sideboard of four goblin arsonists, four goblin arms dealer, four, three vexing devil, and four mugging, which should be French foils for even more style.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting on my French muggings.
3: Are you really? I'm gonna yeah.
0: give you a French mug in a second.
3: Oh, <laughs> family <laughs> friendly. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. So, hmm. A mono-red deck in this format.
2: That's not playing Boris Reckoner?
3: That seems like a misplay.
2: It's also not playing Burning Tree Emissary. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but then you can turn Burning Tree Emissary into flunkies.
3: Yes. That sounds good But sweet. no. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. Well, so Goddess Knight is a card, it, it's sort of like, what Burning Vengeance wishes it could have been on legs. If you see what I'm saying. Burning Vengeance was always right on the edge of being good. Well, but never quite crossed it.
0: See, I thought what you were saying was the guy in the picture in Burning Vengeance is on the ground whereas Goddess Snipe is on legs. is standing up, so he's on legs.
3: That's a stretch too. Get off the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gone. Um, he actually isn't gone. <laughs> don't. Oh, that's good.
0: You told me to get off the show.
3: <laughs> so, gutter snipe works pretty well with the burn that you have in the deck, for sure. Uh, the problem is that all of your burn costs less than the gutter snipe. Uh, which is going to encourage you to make the often incorrect play of holding it until you can get maximum value out of it. I mean, there's no question that Mog Flunkies is a good aggro card. Legion Loyalist, I think, will see a day in the sun. I don't know if it's yet. I'm a big fan of Hellraiser Goblin as a combo card, possibly in something like Primal Surge or with uh, Immortal Servitude. I don't know if it needs to be in a red aggro deck. Krenko, I mean, it's played in Legacy. It can't be bad.
0: <laughs> well, it's only because you can Goblin like it in.
3: Uh, I don't think you know what Goblin Lackey's text says. It actually says one red target opponent discards a removal spell.
2: Or sometimes two blue cards. <laughs>
3: yes! <laughs> and pays a life.
1: Well, believe it or not, I pretty much lost this deck at States this year. At least one that's very similar.
0: Right, but you're a bad player in comparison. Our listeners are better players, so. Well,
1: yeah, the deck finished good. in like the top ten, I think. It, it was unreal how good gutter snap was if you got to untap and just what cast kind, them open.
0: What kind of weird ranking is that? It's top 8, top 16, top 32, top 64, and for the Pro tour there's top 25 and top 50. Who does top 10? This guy. Off the show.
3: you got to remember, he, he is a Crimson Tide fan. That oh, That true.
2: reminds me. Travis.
3: Yes. Cameron Cox, at
2: Salome OU on yeah. Twitter. Uh-huh. Ask me to tell you that Alabama sucks.
0: Yeah, um Yeah, football season's. How over how
2: has Oklahoma it's... done the last few years? I I don't know about the sports ball game matches. <laughs>
0: See it's it's called hand Okay. One football season's over. What's more important is we should ask uh Travis uh how how's that NIT tournament tasting?
1: Not good. They just lost in round one. Oh Bo- yeah.
0: Thirty seconds
1: ago.
3: 180 seconds of sports ball.
1: Yeah,
2: I can sing
3: just like normal. <laughs>
1: actually, the blues as well, that's some extra sick rubins.
3: So, getting back to this deck...
1: When I played uh, against yeah. the states, or at least one that was very similar, if you got any early damage, and then you untack with Gutter Snipe, when you're tossing Searing Spears for five damage at someone's face, the game ends really quick.
3: Yes, that's that's not in question. Sure. I also really like... Wrecking Oga in general, I just, I don't get the Thunderbolt Hellkite in this deck.
2: It's a really good card, and it says Mythic Rare on it?
0: Mythic Rare, yes, it does. Um, I don't think it says Mythic Rare on the card, I believe. It probably it, should. <laughs> yeah. just, just print it across, Mythic Rare.
3: <laughs> yeah. This card is good, you should play it, dur. Um, There we go.
0: We know someone, Alter, uh, Thunder Moss so it says Mythic Rare across the picture box, and this card is good, dur, across (laughs) the text box.
3: So, if we want to do this, like, the the Krenkos Command I like, I think we need more aggressive creatures that don't necessarily say Goblin. One of the first lessons I learned, and I actually wrote an article about this, is you can't be a slave to your theme if you want to build a deck that you want to win with. If you look at some of the decks, that, like the Spirits deck that John Finkel played at uh, Pro Tour Dark Ascension, like Delver of Secrets isn't a Spirit. You know, it doesn't even make Spirits, but it was in the deck because it's good. You can say the same about Thundermore Hellkite here, but it doesn't really synergize with what you're trying to do with the rest of the deck. I think that would be better as possibly another burn spell, even.
2: Or, what do you think about this? Hellriders. Isn't that really good with... I'm sorry. Hellrider?
3: I'm sorry, you've said that incorrectly. (laughs) Hellrider. Thank you. Excellent. Good. (laughs) I... I... I, (laughs) Oh.
1: Welcome to that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I... Yep. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> if, if you're playing Kringko and Kringko's Command, Hellrider gets pretty good, right? Yeah. Like, that seems it's solid to me, if you're playing those cards.
3: The, now I'm looking at this Trader's Blood main deck. Trader's Blood is a fine sideboard card. There are going to be times where you have it in your main deck, and you never want to cast it, because there's nothing worth taking.
2: Those could be Brimstone Volleys instead.
3: They could be Brimstone yeah. Volleys. They could also be main deck Goblin arsonists. Even I don't even mind the Arms Dealer main deck. Or Boris Reckoners. Boris Reckoner is another possibility. There, there are a lot of cards that this card could be, even a boat. Not <laughs> yeah. Traitor's Blood. No. Uh, I do like mugging as an answer to some of the mid-range decks that because yeah, this deck just stops blind in the face of anything with more than three toughness.
2: Yeah. Locks and on so smiter's just, gonna Smite
1: smiter's going to be, yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, but m- Mugging Mugging basically says I don't care. And I'm just going to walk past you. So yeah, I can see that in the board. Arms Dealer is another way to take out Smiters. So that's, that's always pro- possible. And uh Vexing Devil... Uh, not sure what that's there for, really. It seems like
2: if you're going to play Vexing Devil, like decks that want it, want it main deck?
3: Yeah, and I don't think this is one of them. Uh, Vexing Devil, like your sideboard should be a way to shore up weak matchups or an extension of your main deck. It shouldn't just be good cards that you didn't find room for in your main.
2: What if Vexing Devil's in there against control? Because like you turn one Vexing Devil and they just auto-take four, right?
3: Okay, I can kind of see that.
2: Maybe that's his answer? Because it's like, it's not affected by wrath. It's always going to be four damage. Sure, at
3: least. Sometimes people are bad. So, have some fun with that, and also foil out the rest of the deck. Playing with the only foils, if you have the only foils in your deck as lands, (sighs) judges start watching you very carefully. I should know. So, yeah.
2: Oh, because you're a judge.
1: Yeah, I thought it was because he was, per- was a savage. No, speaker.
0: yeah, he, it's because he's very sketchy. And judges just watch him in general. And make sure he's not yeah. cheating. He's learned the in and outs of cheating.
3: This is true, but I mostly do the outs. Yeah, he's yeah, a before, podcast. Before it's Chris called along,
1: Cheating." Before Chris came along, Burton Cheney just did one explorer.
3: <laughs> Ooh,
1: yeah.
2: And then Lansdale trained him to be the veteran explorer he is today.
1: That's right. Well, hey, that's a answer. magic, cut
0: huh?
1: <laughs>
3: Next email is from... Okay, he's told us how to pronounce his last name, as in Celso.
0: Yeah, but, you know, just because he put the pronunciation, we should probably butcher it.
3: No, I, I'm just not sure how to pronounce his first name. It's spelt J-O-N. Is that like Yon? It's Juan. Juan? Uh, Experiment
2: Juan?
0: Guys, I, I really don't think you're pronouncing that correctly. It's actually pronounced Alexander. Yeah, Clarice. Oh.
2: oh, I see it now with the accent. That's what that little mark means. Where's oh, that? that's
0: a Cheeto. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
2: Alexander Celso's email.
3: He uh well he's got in big red letters, awesome podcast, by the way. Uh I presume that's that ours. So I don't
0: know. I think he may have sent it to the it just says hey guys, right? Like, yeah. Dina is on the cast, so we're not all guys.
3: So this was clearly sent to Planeswalker's Asylum, then. That, that is a podcast of
2: all guys. Limited resources, maybe? I don't know.
3: Uh, I don't know. Like, have you seen John Lowkes in person? He's pretty dreamy. Well, then.
0: Does, yeah. does, 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 that, does that disqualify him from being a guy?
1: No, so. <laughs> I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm confused on that up. point.
1: <laughs> he is a handsome
3: man! He is a very handsome man. So is Marshall. Marshall's very tall.
0: Thank you. That probably could get more awkward, but don't I think
2: we should describe more people in the magic community instead of talking Alexander.
0: (laughs) I personally enjoy. Jack LaCroix has a massive neckbeard.
3: Mm-hmm. And a purple jacket.
0: It's actually just uh, his neckbeard that he's woven into a jacket and diaper. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, then.
0: Excellent idea.
3: So, it seems like this guy has sent us in a Simic deck. With some very interesting choices. I'm really liking it. But he, it, he seems to be a it, bit budget restricted. Is
0: it actually Simic, or does it splash red and uh, white?
3: No, this one is actually Simic. So, he's got four Young Wolf, four Experiment 1, three Ovenwald Tracker, four Strangleroot Geist, four Zamek Guild Mage, four Predatoroos, four Wolfir Avenger, three Yevah Nature's Herald, four Simic Charm, one Ranger's Guile, two Pit Fight, and then four Breeding Pool, four Hinterland Harbor, four Simic Guildgate, nine Forest, two Island.
2: He's really worried about its colors, huh?
3: Yeah. And his board, he's got three Ground Seal, a Bramble Crash, one of my favorite cards, one Witchbane Orb, just picked up a four one of those, Curse of Echoes, Wolfier Silverheart, World Tracker, Triumph of Ferocity, Pithing Needle, more Ranger's Guile, and a Naturalize. Yeah, Triumph of Ferocity is a really, really good card. Yes.
1: It's also a very controversial card, but I don't think we need to get into that again.
2: Yeah, green cards always are, though. If they're playable or not, usually no is the answer. Green is the worst color of magic.
3: Um, go away.
0: (laughs) are you like Boros, Chris?
3: I am Boros. So, okay, here's the thing. I find that people run Wolf a lot when they're new to making decks.
0: Um, the 1-1, the
3: 2-2? Yeah, it's the 1-1 with Undying. I, yes. I believe in this particular
2: instance, he is using it to be a cheaty with Zemet Guildmage, similar to Strangeroo
1: guys. Yeah, let's get mm-hmm. the whole plus one counters thing.
2: Yeah, he, he wants to draw cards.
3: Which, I mean, that's a perfectly admirable desire. No, it's not. It's something
1: blue mages do.
2: Exactly, which is hot. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if the Young Wolves are needed here. With four Guild Mage, and you only have... Excluding the Young Wolves, you have four Experiment 1, four Stringer grace, and four Predators. All of those cards... Make 1-1 counters by themselves, plus Guildmage actually
3: produces counters.
2: If you have some spare mana to play around with, Young Wolves may just not be doing enough.
3: Yeah, I can certainly agree with that. If you want to do something with counters, uh, m- might I suggest one of my favorite cards and the most underplayed, Champion of Lambhole. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Which will trigger every time something undies, don't forget.
2: I mean, if we're cutting young wolves for champions, though, the undying is less relevant. But stronger guys can die forever.
1: What about the Ooh, now that I like.
3: No, you're being disgusting. Just stop
1: it.
3: You're a horrible person.
1: I am a horrible person.
3: But yes, I do like that a lot.
0: Yeah, that's technology. It also,
1: I mean, he's only two colors, so if he's focusing on all these creatures that do their own plus one countering, um, small black splash for corpse Jack menace. I don't he did mention that we all. talked about a few weeks ago. I'm about to start trying that on in it.
2: Shh, instead, yeah. let's go crazier and small black splash for undying evil.
3: Uh, we might be going a little too far there. There are a couple of blue und- undying creatures. There's that, uh, that geist. It um,
2: yeah, th- can only block
3: creatures with flying though. I don't care, it's huge. Isn't it like a 3-3 for 3? Yeah, I think so. Storm... Stormbound Bound geist? Geist? That's the one. Is it, let me just look that up. I think it's a 3 3 for 3
2: None of us know what limited magic cards from two sets or three sets ago do.
1: I think it is Stormbound, guys.
3: Yeah, it is Stormbound, guys, for sure. I just can't remember the power. I the think it's
1: a 2-2. Two, two. It's a 2-2 two, two flyer for 1 and 2 blue. With undying. Yes. That seems fine. You and okay. I have definitions of fine.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with Travis
2: on this one. That sounds... Unexciting.
1: So th- that's part of that whole pushing a thing too far idea you were talking about earlier. Could to, to be fair, I
3: did think it was a 3-3. If it was a 3-3, it would be like.
1: <laughs> Vorapede? Yeah, it would already be being played.
3: Vorapede, I like.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, that
3: card's still a card. Yeah. Was it 5-4
0: Vigilant Trample?
2: I don't, I don't know if it has Vigilance, but.
0: Oh, it, it has Vigilance, just oh. to, you know, uh-uh, use it more.
1: Yeah, that's one of those, okay, let's just throw a random ability on it to make it look a little bit cooler.
3: You, I, I totally expect it to have Haste instead of Vigilance. Yeah, 5-4 Vigilance oh. Trample for green 3 three green and 2, so GGG
0: 2. G- giving it Vigilance makes it much better than Haste.
3: Go I think I like that, that over the Yeva. Although, I mean, I can see what he has. Yeva, it allows him to evolve Experiment 1 at instant speed. Uh, But really, I don't think she's that good in this deck.
1: She may be a good sideboard card. Yeah. I think you just want, like, to go
0: with the fat beats.
3: And I also like Shambleshock in this deck. Mm. I
2: mean, clearly he's got enough mana to support his single blue card. Oh, and Simic Charm. So two two yeah. blue cards, he's he's got two islands and then twelve other blue sources? Like I don't think
3: although Oh go I, ahead. Yeah. I think we might want to cut those guild gates mm-hmm. with even if we cut the young wolf, you've still got eight one drops. Yeah, you know, and there's nothing worse than having a hand with two one drops and two simic guild gates and you're like, I gotta ship
0: this. I don't <laughs> think yeah. you ship that. Well, you feel
3: really bad about keeping it.
0: Uh, not if it has bear fighting fighter in it.
2: Yeah, Michael Vick is a pretty sweet magic card.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, I am not hey, He did that. just top eight a modern GP.
3: <laughs> he did, yeah, in the sideboard. Uh, I think Brian Kibble has proven that Predator is is still good in standard. And with Zamek Guildmage to take a counter off it if necessary to draw a card.
1: Well, here's... Well, never mind, he's not playing red. I was going to say, why would you run that over Boros Reckoner? But never mind, that's the red-green fight deck I'm working on.
0: It's like Travis I also understand. This deck is Simic. Stop adding colors. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was think, just thinking about Biomancer, and it does have negative synergy with Root guys. The more I think about it, the more I want to keep Young Wolf in this deck. I don't
1: like it. Uh, I mean, I would almost rather run an, a Mana Elf over it. So you can hit the turn two predator ooze, or so you can start activating Zemik Guildmage's ability relevantly earlier. I mean, yeah, best case, it's a best case scenario, isn't good enough to warrant it. I don't think. Okay, I,
3: I just want more undying. I mean, vorpede, I think, is a good call, but I love the undying interaction. And I thought for sure there was another blue undying creature apart from Giralf's Mind Crusher.
1: There's relentless scabs. Um, what about Gyresage? Does he have uh, enough, I mean, need for an, a mana boost, or does his curve out enough to warrant the... the... I think I played Phantom
0: Mage over Sage. Ooh. Phantom that's Mage a... the colors. Every single creature in this deck evolves it. Actually, that's not true. Predator Ruse doesn't. And the one drops. Uh, so like Obel- it does
3: if you have a Xana Guild Mage in play.
0: Fair enough. So you definitely have the counter interaction, plus you're drawing some extra cards to just power them out, right? And if you're plus playing essentially a deck that deals with a whole lot of undying, then Wraths aren't the biggest, uh, aren't a big issue.
3: Yeah. And plus being able to remove the counters from Fathom Maze to draw cards and then cast a creature and draw more cards? Seems yeah, I'm okay it. with that. Yeah, that's, that's it. That seems like something I wouldn't mind doing. Seems like Sam has disappeared off the face of the internet So we can't get his uh, input on this So let's see Simic mean, It seems fine I love the pit fight in here as well cause Instant speed fight Especially with uh, Vorpede in the deck Is just really good And his board seems to be really well thought out as well
0: Yeah I don't like it I yeah, I like the is- you just You just jam cards into a sideboard Come on Everyone knows that
1: <laughs> I like the fact that this listener email does include his rationales for cards in the sideboard. Like, he put three ground seal because he believes that um, it does just as good as um, rest in peace against the Humanimator decks, but it also cantrips
3: Except it doesn't because they can still hard-cost the angel, and hard-costing an angel is just really good anyway. But now I can see I can see what you're saying,
0: right? But like the other thing is rest in peace is more of a, a stopgap solution, right? For decks that want to prolong the game, you know this is just kind of like if I put this, you know I have bigger creatures that are going to be down sooner. So yeah, you can have your angel, but um, it's gonna it's gonna take you a while to be able to cast that angel. So that'll buy him enough turns to win. So I like ground seal.
3: Yeah. Sam, we decided Fathom Mage needs to go in this deck.
2: Ooh, that's sweet. Yes, Appreciate. do that. Wait, doesn't it,
3: does that it cost four? It does cost four.
2: Isn't it a one-one?
3: It is a one-one.
2: So you're just trusting that the rest of the deck is going to keep up enough aggression so that Fathom Mage actually kicks in value later?
3: Yeah,
2: okay. something like that. Okay, that sounds fine. I was just, you know, backing through the theory. Sweet.
3: I still want Shambleshark. I really like Shambleshark in this deck because it goes, like, Wolf Avenger has Flash, Shambleshark has Flash. It evolves. You can play around with counters on it. I
0: get the feeling you want to play it just because you like saying Shambleshark. Shambleshark! Why don't I just play Crocaneura?
3: Oh, no, no. Hold on. Or
0: loose. Hold Hold on. on. Uh, Travis, I don't know if you know that that's the best card that they've ever printed, and it actually has been banned in all formats.
3: It is way too good, and we're trying to keep that on the DL, which is what the cool kids say for down low, which is what they used to be cool kids say. So what? what card is this? Croconora.
2: That's not real, right? You're making this yeah. up.
3: It's a crocodile <laughs> frog. How can you argue with a crocodile frog? Ah. Hashtag Croconora OP.
2: Well, I, if hashtags are involved, clearly I'm in the wrong.
3: Obviously, but yeah, the, this is uh, this
0: is clearly a joke. Um, you shouldn't have told sure. him that. I want to see how long it took before he got it.
3: Pretty sure he was. He was what
0: am I doing on
1: this show? <laughs> I to exactly. fire my agent.
3: <laughs> awesome
2: stuff. My agent is Chris Lansdale. I can't fire Chris Lansdale.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You got me this gig, right?
3: Hey, I will promote anything that I think is quality.
0: He's going to promote stuff that even if it's not quality, he's everywhere. Really. If you look look behind you right now, he's there.
3: (laughs) Oh, I knew. Yeah, he felt it. Uh, Like I said earlier on Twitter, there is no truth to the rumor that I built a Cube, just so I could go on Cube podcasts.
2: Okay, uh, seriously though?
1: You haven't been, right? (laughs) That
3: is pretty much the only one I haven't been on. My
2: goal goal is to just be the slightly more offensive Chris Lanzo. Mission accomplished.
3: (laughs) Well, no, you haven't been on anywhere near as many podcasts.
2: I know, this is like my, my third, I think? I was on Brainstorm Brewery and you guys, so two, two podcasts.
3: Um, and your own, of course.
2: Well, yeah, I, but those don't count. That's, that's yeah, I could just me. keep making. I could just keep making podcasts.
0: I'm pretty sure that's what Chris does already.
2: He, he like direct messages people on Twitter. Hey, I've got a good idea for a show. You want to do like five shows and invite me on? <laughs>
3: that's n- never really happened. Um, Once <laughs> <laughs> recently. Yeah, so, so if we missed your deck this week, fear not, we may get to it next week. Uh, however, we do try to keep these podcasts to a reasonable length so as to not drive you nuts hearing our voice all day. More
0: importantly though, is if you send in a deck list that, uh, and I know there's one of the deck lists here that I quite liked, uh, it's quite possible it shows up on our stream. Our stream? Our stream. Uh, wow. So that there wasn't one left, la- we're gonna, we're going to definitely, uh, for the people that have seen it so far, there's one or a few, you know, technical difficulties. But hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, we will, by this weekend, sort everything out, and you'll be able to catch it uh, each and every Tuesday. So we're going to have some of our own brews and some of the brews that you send in. So if you want to, you know, see your deck actually in action and, be able, uh, and have us give you real-time feedback... Uh, you know, send in some ideas and check out the stream at uh, twitch.tv uh, slash, slash. Uh, horde underscore of underscore notions.
2: I'm going to troll What's you guys it? so hard. <laughs> Good. Go
0: for it. Also, I don't think what? you can beat out Joshua Lemish for trolling us, but you can Good. certainly try. I love you, Joshua.
3: One other thing we're going to start doing again is uh, doing Gavin's challenge on the show each week from his article. He didn't have one this week, so we couldn't do it. But uh, we will be getting back to doing that. And uh, we've got some other projects in the works. We're working on a couple of things, uh, some partnerships possibly going forward. So keep your eyes open
0: and your ears. It's exciting. It
3: is very exciting.
0: Even if I'm very sad the modern season's over, I need something to keep my time busy. And this is it. Going to be it.
3: Well, certainly isn't going to be testing for the Pro Tour, is it?
1: Oh! Zinga. <laughs> hey, but at least at this point, Will has at least smelled the Pro Tour.
3: I'll probably still not get there, even as a judge. So let's see. Hmm, there's something we normally do at this point. Ah, oh, yes!
0: I don't think we can say that on the cast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. A random moment of geekery! Will! Go!
0: All right, uh, there is a uh, site called RippedApparel.com that apparently Chris knows about because he oh, likes oh, yes, it on Facebook, does. and they came up with a graphic of, if anyone watches uh, The Big Bang Theory, uh, you know Sheldon has basically changed his t-shirts five times an episode, and they came up with a graphic of every single t-shirt that uh, Sheldon has worn on the show from season one, episode one, all the way to Season 6, Episode 7.
3: That's pretty darn awesome.
0: That is. So, you know, there's something on the show, and I know there's one or two T-shirts that I saw that I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. Well, they have the graphic with absolutely everyone, so you can check it out. The link will be in the show notes. You can check it out and uh maybe find your favorite.
3: Awesome. I love ripped apparel. I've got at least three shirts from them. And I don't normally spend money on stuff like that, but...
0: Oh, Travis also likes them on Facebook.
3: Yes. He does now. Copycat.
0: And does, so does Adina. Don't you remember, like, 12 episodes ago, we
1: discussed them extensively because you guys almost got me divorced?
0: Um, <laughs> I, one, don't listen to you talk in general, and, two, you know, you're you're an Alabama fan, so, you know. Just, just not good. And so is your wife. So I, I hold secret animosity towards... But people.
3: you're an LSU fan. Yeah,
0: because they play in Death Valley. How is that not the greatest name ever?
3: But Death Valley's in Arizona.
1: <sighs> there are lots of ways it's not the greatest name ever.
2: It's not Sam to start
0: with. Yeah, really. Who's Sam?
1: Sam I am. He likes three eggs in a hand.
0: You know, I've never
1: heard that. That's
2: new and original.
1: (laughs) That's me. I like the classics.
3: All right, enough of that. Travis, moment of geekery, sir.
1: My moment of geekery is, let me pull up the picture, Star Wars Lightsaber Popsicles. They are some uh, ice cube trays with uh, lightsaber handles for popsicles. So put your favorite fruit juice in and pull out a popsicle. Yeah.
3: That sounds awesome.
1: I would no, I eat think snot out of them. Yeah.
3: Well, if they've got snot in them, I don't think I want them.
1: Oh, you in your prudish way.
3: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I have yeah. a second one. Yeah. Uh, on uh, Twitter, someone made a Twitter account for Big Ben. It's at big underscore ben underscore clock. Okay. And every single tweet is pretty much the same. Uh it's uh different uh um, it's a different number of the word bong. So the first one is bong, the second one is bong 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 bong, the third one is bong 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 bong. Fourth one is bong bong. Oh it, God. It, It's one hundred percent stupid, yet yeah, I'm I'm finding great amusement in <laughs> it
3: also it's terrible because big ben is not a clock
0: it's a clock tower
3: it's a bell actually
0: there's a clock on the tower
3: yes but it's not called big ben big ben is the name of the bell
0: get your british passport reactivated <laughs> and then you can electros on british stuff
3: okay you need to go away now. Uh, Sam, do you have a moment of geekery?
2: I do. Okay, so this is less moment and more a little longer, but when I read this article, like, I think a month ago, I was like, if I'm ever on Horde of Notions, I'm totally, totally using this as my moment. And it's about some guy who created a copy of Minecraft on just a USB drive, and it's you play until you die and then pass on the mic, USB drive and the article is really quite fascinating about how he did everything and like if I had a chance to make everyone read an article this would be it so you should go read this thing
3: Minecraft that's that game my son keeps talking about trying to get me to play yeah
2: it's it's Legos but for adults neat
1: so wait 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 you're saying Legos aren't for adults
2: oh it's Legos for adults
3: who like computers
1: Okay.
3: digital Legos there we go which are the best type of Legos because you don't have to step on them and yes. your kids leave them on the carpet so for my moment of geekery I put this on Twitter the other day but I don't know how many of you saw it since our listenership is about, one thir- uh, one, is about 30 times as many as our Twitter followers
0: uh, um, it's, it's <laughs> not mine my Twitter, no, uh, like 600 for times my Twitter followers.
3: For the podcast, I mean. Oh, okay. There is a song by Judas Priest called Hellrider. which I only just discovered and I sent to Will, and I believe his exact reaction was, how is this a thing and how has it not been brought up yet? <laughs>
0: it's true. And then I listened to it and I was like, meh. The fact that it's called Hellrider is interesting, but that's about it.
3: It's a good song.
0: Not my cup of tea. I'll, I'll listen to some Britney Spears over that any day any day of the week.
2: Yes, all these Britney Spears.
0: What about Taylor Swift?
2: I her mean, t- she's fine. Too.
0: She, she, I, I recently got the, uh, and by God, I mean, potentially may have appeared on my computer illegally, uh, her discography. So I've been listening to that as well.
2: I'm you, a big I, Kesha I, fan.
0: Taylor Swift's
3: You're all dead to me. What uh, dude, uh, I thought you would liked music.:
0: I do like music, and I don't I like, like music, and then I like garbage pop songs as well.: uh, <laughs> I have been listening to
1: Thrift Shop Nonstop for the last two days. I've been trying to drive it out of my brain, but it isn't working. Oh this is: a good
3: You know what song gets stuck in my brain every time I accidentally hear it? Moves like Jaga.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say the Inspector
3: Gadget theme song. Actually no, I, but that's
2: awesome. I
0: I, I was going to go with uh, I'm blue by Eiffel 65.
3: No, that doesn't bother me.
0: Chumbawamba's th- Tub Thumping?
3: I actually like that song. Which by Everyone the way, likes that song?
0: You you're allowed to slap anyone that asks which Chumbawamba song.
3: <laughs> there is another one.
0: No, There's... it ca- it came on my uh it came on
1: my I was like blood- yeah. example for one hit wonder in the world. <laughs>
0: It, like, Actually, it came onto my iPod the other day, and someone's like, "Oh, what do you listen to?" I was like, "Oh, Chumbawamba." They're like, "Oh, what song?" I was like, "What do you mean, what song?"
3: Yeah, you know, that song is right up there with uh, The Who's "Baba O'Reilly" for being named wrong, because people keep saying, "Oh, you mean I get knocked down?" No, I mean tub Something."
0: <laughs> Yeah, there, I think Bubba absolutely O'Reilly's never heard someone mistake the name of that song, so... I think Bubba O'Reilly's, like, the greatest song name ever, just because it makes no sense.
3: They do actually say it in the song. Right. But people are like, oh, man, I really love that song, Teenage Wasteland. You are legally allowed to smack that person.
0: Well, no, but most of the time people are like, the one that, like, where where they're out in the fields. I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh right. That song... <laughs>
3: Anyway, so that's my moment of geekery. That there's a song called Hell Rider, and I listen to it, and it's not terrible. And you may well be listening to it at the end of this show. I haven't decided yet.
0: You're probably gonna be listening to it at the end of the show. Yeah, I, I, I actually like 100. percent Chances, Chances are, heard at the beginning of the show, and you did. No. Chris, Chris just wants to seem uncertain, but it's it
3: I'm, will always be Killer Instinct theme at the beginning of the show, even if it is replaced halfway through by a record scratch and something else but now the end of the show is open to interpretation having said that shout outs will who you got
0: all right i got uh face face games because we've been working uh with them behind the scenes for a few things that projects that we're working on uh so hopefully those will uh will have some positive results for that uh a shout out to uh kyt to justin and andrew who's in the car and actually i saved one of the i saved the best story for last uh because Andrew and I are buddies, and we were paired in the last round of the Burlington PGQ. And he's, of course, playing eggs, and I have no interest in playing against eggs. So we auto-kept any hand that we got, and trolled each other the entire way through. And game uh, two, I kept a six-lander with slaughter games. And just because I wanted the game to go as quickly as possible, on turn four, I played my first fourth land. I was waiting a while, waiting a while, showboating, until finally I was like, slaughter games... Pirate Spellbomb, which he automatically scooped. And that's how Eggs games should go. So that was awesome. <laughs> uh, a shout out to, uh, to Kevin, uh, Baldwin at Tor- uh, Torian Mahler, who I already mentioned, but found the cast. Uh, just, just to be nice, cause, you know, I don't actually have a heart, but occasionally I wanna pretend like I have one. I'll give a actual real shout out to Joshua Lemish, because he does lend me cards, so he's not a terrible human being.
3: Oh, well, we never thought he was a terrible human being. He's just terrible at building decks.
0: <laughs> that 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 was Chris Joss. I I did not participate in that. So a shout out to him, and uh, a shout out to Modern Season. You will be sorely missed. Yes,
3: uh, Travis. Shout out sir. Uh shout out to Team
1: Girth, Kirk Dubay, uh, Billy, Jacob, Brian, David. Um shout out to my uh, best friend Joe who I uh, missed the p t q this weekend to go visit uh because his grandmother passed away um shout out to the wife wife and plug you're not plugging my wife. I don't care how many times you ask
3: well not again anyway
1: uh <laughs> the wife the wife thinks that chris's accent is fake so I'm pretty sure
0: oh, they don't belong.
3: Really? <laughs> no, I've had that before, actually.
0: Because it is fake. He's actually uh, Scottish.
3: Eh, uh, not quite, laddie. And and I, ha- I haven't even been to Scotland.
0: Mm-hmm. He's actually Scottish and half Polish, on his mom's side. <laughs> so he's Scottish. Yes, he's Scottish. Thank you.
1: <laughs> wow. All right. I think uh,
3: my shout outs. Sam, do you have any shout outs?
2: Um yeah. I, I really want to shout out Chewy over at MGG Cast. He was hugely helpful with me getting twin cast up and together. And so I'm pretty excited about that. That that's that's pretty much it. I don't like anyone else ever.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean <laughs> I suppose I should shout out all the people on my podcast, but I don't think I'm going to do that. So
3: that would take forever. Cause there's like Jake and Daniel and, and Chris. And I don't even know the names of everybody.
2: You, you got them all, but Brian,
3: Brian and helpful card pricing,
2: bot card bought 9,000. Exactly. Which that's really the important thing. Beep, boop. Does that have foils yet? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure last night, had I been at our recording, I would have heard Chris make an excuse for why it doesn't have foils
3: yet, so <laughs> uh, Cool. Alright, so for me, my shout outs hmm who do I want to shout out? I shall also shout out Chewy because he has orange hair. And uh and
1: that's one shout issues.
3: out Shout out to my real estate agent. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh Shout-out to Carlos, who seems to be back on the Twitter machine. Shout-out to Extra Balls, whose name was first mentioned on episode 26 of this podcast, otherwise known as the one between Finkel and Chapin.
0: Or the... Who, yeah, it's true. Also, he has an awesome backstory to go with that name, so...
3: He does have a very awesome backstory. If you want to know it, listen to episode 26. He has now become a published writer on Mana Deprived. He wrote his first article this week, and it was picked up by Gathering Magic as well, who, uh, said that it was really good, so that was awesome.
1: Man, Mana Deprived to publish anybody nowadays, huh?
3: Yeah, they will. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to you guys. I love podcasting with all of you. Thanks, Chris. Aww.
2: Uh No, oh, he, he
0: didn't mean the three of us. He meant everyone in general.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just everyone. Um, and I forgot to mention this, but apparently there's a now Weeping Angel decal toilet, uh, toilet decals. One of them that says Don't Blink that goes on the box thing at the back, and then when you flip the seat up because you're covering the angel's face, it's got the open-mouthed open, the open mouth angel, and it's actually quite terrifying.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that's good for helping you have your daily move. <laughs> yep.
3: Unfortunately, you're not sitting down at the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was going to go number two, but uh, it's kind of in my pants now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All running down your leg. Um, wow, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, let's see. I have to give more shout-outs. Shout-out to KYT. Uh shout-out to Jonathan Bentley. His article on his uh, PTQ experience was really good for when he went to Thunder Bay. I really enjoyed reading that. Hey,
0: why shout-out to you. Are you sucking up to him? No, I don't need to
3: suck up to him. He already uh, does everything I need. And that'll do it. I'm sure I had more, but I can't think of any right now. Oh, yeah, all right. Shout-out to Cranny, Matt Cranstuber, and uh, Usman the Rad, and uh, Norbert88, who've been helping me put together my cube and giving me some tips on it. Also, the CubeMizer on Twitter has been uh, giving me some hints as well. Really looking forward to getting that put together. It kind of daunted me today when I realized I had to go and buy 620 sleeves.
0: That's a lot of sleeves.
2: That just is find all,
0: all, all going sleeves.
3: to be. Yeah, that's um, a possibility. I haven't decided which ones I'm going for yet. I have 300 purple dragon sleeves, so I might just get 300 more. And then, and just save some money that way.
0: I suppose. Yeah, no. I think what we should do is you should say which kind of sleeves you want. You want some, like, bright pink fuchsia ultra pro- pros? Something like that? This and, one will break instantly. Well, whatever. And then every one of our listeners can send Chris one sleeve.
1: <laughs> well oh god.
0: So he's got three sleeves, right? (laughs) This
3: this seems like a recipe for disaster.
0: No, a recipe for disaster would be sending Chris uh, one sleeve with one card in it and everyone that he receives has to make up his cube.
3: Uh, I might actually do that. Hashtag community cube.
0: Yeah, that actually seems like a good idea. (laughs) Now Will's like, why didn't I think of that for me?
3: (laughs) This this is definitely something I think we should do.
0: Oh, yeah. I think we should work on this. This This sounds insanely cool.
3: (laughs) So what we need to do is make sure that everybody does the same sleeve. Should we do gold dragon sleeves? Because I just love gold dragon sleeves.
0: Well, I mean, I guess. Like the cheapest ones possible, like clear sleeves. Probably just go with like a flimsy.
3: Well, I don't really want to put it in a freaking penny-sleeve cube. Okay, yeah, sure. All right. So send one card in a penny-sleeve. If you really want to do this, let us know. Send us an email, comment on Facebook, tweet at us, put it in the comment section, whatever. Just let us know if you think this is a good idea. We'll set up a post office box or something, because no offense, but I am not putting my address out there to thousands of <laughs> listeners. And I will put this cube together. I will bring it to. I'm definitely going to GP Toronto in November. There's a very good chance I'm going to the WMCQ in Montreal in June, and I'm. Uh, I pretty much have to go to GP Calgary now because all of my favorite judges are going.
0: I think probably a better idea would just be to like set up something at GP Vegas, and then everyone could just kind of bring them to me. And yeah, I'll but then you have it. Well, GP g- g- Louisville. Point.
3: Well, no, I want it before GP Louisville. That's not till like, friggin' October. Anyway, I think this is a good idea. If you like it, let us know. On that note, let's wrap this baby up. So, for Travis, for Will, for the absent Adina, and for special guest Sam David boy Hero, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of
0: Notions. Yeah, they come